Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ. In our series, Identity Theft, we'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. This is part B. Here's the birthplace of authority. All of mankind's works are birthed from the throne of God. God's throne is established through the authority of God sitting on his throne. Very secure. Authority is only established after God wrote the book of life. He didn't write the book of life as preachers from the past were leading people to Christ. Uh, Jesus, what, could you write uh, Bob Smith into, into the book of life? He just got saved. Oh, we got another one coming in. Write uh, Julie. Get, write it in the book. That's an impulsive God who has no clue what he's doing. These names were written in the book before anyone took their first breath. Why? Because he's able to see as far the east as the east is and as far as west as the west is. He can see things that your human mind, as fruitless as it is, your human mind cannot see. You cannot see beyond the clock. You have no ability to see what's going to happen five minutes from now. God bound the human mind with the clock. It's the only thing that humans cannot control is the clock. Because what's on the other side of the minute of this minute, God is already putting things in order so that they flow in the order of the book of life. I know that's hard to understand, but it's the way it works. So, he does this so that all things could and would be created in the authority of God. Once this is done, of course, he could release his laws upon the earth and thus require submission of his authored laws with his self-ordained authority. You think the Moses thing was just kind of an accident because the people were acting unruly? Because the people were rebelling against Moses and Aaron? And God stopped, all of a sudden said, oh goodness, we need some laws. No, it was all predestined out. Now was the time God was going to bring his laws down. Then he had Moses, through, through his father-in-law, set up structure of authority. First known to the people of God. Having one in charge of a thousand and so forth and so on. And Aaron being in charge of the priest. And he laid out structure. Why? Because it's in the book of life. Authority is not accidental. So if you hate your mommy. Or you hate your daddy. Or you hate your president. 
It matters not. You're not going to adjust anything. You say, you mean God's allowing social welfare to deteriorate and you go on issue after issue? That's a real easy one. Give me a harder one because that one's too easy. Yes. You mean God's allowing destruction and deterioration of the earth's environment? Yes. Next question. Oh, God allows evil men to rule over people? Yes. Next question. That's not how you're thinking. See, we hate the Hitlers. We hate the Neros. We hate the empires that have destroyed the prosperity of our country. Then you're about to be dealt with. I don't hate my president. I love him dearly. Is he where he needs to be? No. Is he going to be? Count on it. You see, it's a faith of believers like that that really move the spirit to get things done, not to settle with what can't be done. Very important difference. So hence, the Bible says that God upholds all things by the word, which is his authority. Hebrews 1, 3. It does not say that God upholds all things by his power. People crave power. God doesn't. You see, God's authority is where power comes from. Power is needed to restrain unbelievers. I don't care what the doctrines are. Power is needed to restrain resistors. That's all power is for. So when we're in heaven, there's no need to assert power. We'll just be living in it. So there's an order being presented to us here. Power is what is released through authority to accomplish the doing, his doing. God's authority represents God himself. God's power only represents God's works. So in our next slide, we have this. It is easy to be forgiven of sin against God's power. But it is not that easy to be forgiven of sin against God's authority. Because sinning against God's authority is sinning against God himself. Did you catch that? You see, all these sins that are on God's list, the 749 of them, all these sins that are in God's structured law, he expected to set up a system of forgiveness for breaking those laws. And ultimately bringing in a person who is going to be that final sacrifice that will cover all of the law. Okay? So, we have this dilemma that is in front of us where we have people who are resisting the throne of God. He can handle their sins. He has a complete system set up to deal with the sins. But when you have a belligerent, stubborn divination is the Hebrew connection, witchcraft. When you have a person who is stubborn, who cannot, stubborn means you cannot be told what to do. 
which means witchcraft. Witchcraft is the crafty activity of the dark serpent. Pictorial Hebrew. When you've got a stubborn person, they can't be told what to do. So why is it that 90% of the Hebrew coding talks about 90% are on this wide pathway and 10%, which happens to be our tithing percentage, 10% are on this narrow pathway, few are on it, that actually get into the kingdom of God? That 90% are the people who said, absolutely not. They violated the throne of God. And that is done by violating authority. This generation that we have that is known by researchers, sociologists, dead in Christ or alive in Christ, these people know that this generation has never been seen before. They are haters of their mothers. They are haters of their fathers. They are haters of their governments. They're haters of their teachers. And Jesus warned them, you, me. He said, there shall come a day when children will rise up against their father and mother and brother against brother and sister against sister and father against son and be killed. Uh, We don't see a lot of it in America because we have what we call blackout news. They regulate how much trauma gets into the news in America. You say they do not. Yes, they do. And nations have been doing it for years. But if you know what goes on in some of the other countries, you understand they know what it means to pay the price of living and walking in truth. So all other authorities are appointed or delegated by God. Nothing is greater than authority in eternity. Nothing can surpass it. For this reason, if we want to serve God, we must know God's authority and who he delegates it to. Plain and simple. Our next slides coming from the Romans 13, 1 through 2 passage. We can easily summarize that by Satan became the dark snake which means Satan. That's the pectoral Hebrew picture of the word Satan, dark snake, because he refused to honor God's divine authority. Now, I don't know if you've ever asked yourself, but the leaders I dialogue with, we ask each other really tough questions. One of those tough questions is, why wasn't forgiveness provided for Satan? When he was in heaven, in an angelic position, and he stepped over the line. I already gave you the answer. You step on God's authority, and you stepped on his throne. The Ark of the Covenant, if you literally rubbed up against it, you were put to death, and you didn't go to heaven. You didn't, you weren't put upon the paradise list. You die in darkness for eternity if you rubbed up against the Ark of the Covenant. 
Why? Because it represented the housing, the throne of the living God. God takes authority very, very seriously. Satan stepped over the unforgivable line. And that's why 90% end up in the pit of hell and not allowed to go into heaven. They somehow, some way, in some point of their life made that decision to violate the throne of God. He became the tree of knowledge because he rose up against the knowledge of God. That's where the term tree of knowledge comes from, with a small k. God's the one who is has the knowledge of all. Foreknowledge. Satan basically rubbed up against that. His symbol on earth is tree of knowledge, institutions, schools of all forms, teaching people things that are kind of true because they sound good. That's all of the tree of knowledge. To get the stuff of the tree of life, you actually have to have the life of Christ in you to understand it. Violating God's established authority is a matter of rebellion. Rebellion is from a Hebrew picture, rebellion. And rebellion is actually a detachment from the belly. It's an umbilical cord cut. We are literally removed from the life source of God the Father, the breasted one. People who are rebellious are cut off. There's no more life source coming from the Father. There's no mommy in heaven, contrary to the popular movie that's out. There's no mommy. There's no female God. God the Father is all. He controls all. Rebellion is detachment from his belly. It is more serious than the violation of God's holiness. Sin is a matter of conduct against his law. It is easy to be forgiven to break a law, but rebellion is a matter of coming against the throne of God. It is coming against God himself. Satan, in trying to set up his wannabe throne above that of God's, violated God's personhood. The principle of Satan is the principle of self-exaltation. Writing your little sayings on a picket sign and running throughout Washington trying to make some noise to embarrass the leaders who ask them not to. Protesters are cowards. The principle of Satan is the principle of self-exaltation. Sin's coming again, coming into being was not the cause of Satan's fall. Rather, Satan's rebellion against God's authority and personhood, for which he was condemned, just like it says in Romans. He was condemned by God with no venue of forgiveness. Satan's replica of rebellion is passed on to man. The reason why you're born in sin is because you're born into a reflection of your father. There is no human that walks the face of the earth or has ever walked the face of the earth that has not bore the reflection of their father. Satan is called the father of lies. 
You're only of one of two fathers. You're either of the father of lies or you're of the father of the living God. There are no other fathers unless the authority has been delegated to you to be a father figure. So here we have it. If we want to serve God, we can never violate the matter of his authority in personhood or through his delegated authority, Romans 13, 1 and 2. To do so is to follow the acts of Satan, resulting in us being like him. We can never preach the word of Christ, nor will he release himself through us under the replicated rebellion of Satan. I'm just never going to buy it. If you are dishonoring to govern authorities, and you come preaching to me, you come you know, giving me your opinion, and I don't care how many Bible verses you quote, I'm not listening to you. The two do not go together. But a respect for authority and a respect for God's design doesn't mean you agree with them. It means that you honor it and respect it because someone else set it up. That's the key. One of the most practiced sins of Christ followers, that's not indwelt people, those are people following Christ. One of the most common things that Christ followers do is they perform the services of God's work while replicating the actions of Satan. Because if you address some of these people, they're very quick to say, well, I'm a Christian too. Huh? What'd you say? Yeah, I'm a Christian too. And you're persecuting your brother? You're gossiping about your mother? You're angry at your... Really? Not buying it. That's exactly how John talked, the beloved of Jesus, who was such a gentle man. Read his works again. He might have been a gentle man, but he was not gentle with the truth. And he did comparisons, modern day statistics, of people who say that they love God but hate their brother. I don't even think anyone heard me on that one. All the while we think that we are still doing the Lord's work and worse, believe that we're true and dwell Christians. This is a very evil thing. Satan is not afraid of us preaching the words of Christ externally. He's only afraid of us submitting to the authority of Christ from within, resulting in his inward release. So who's going to stand at the throne as the scripture tells us in Matthew 7 verses 22 and 23? That many will come before me. Well, let's actually read it. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons. I'm tired of that being proof that someone's a Christian. And in your name perform many miracles. This is Jesus speaking. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Look that up in the Greek and you're going to find those who practice rebellion against the law. I know, Lord, that 
majority of the listeners are not getting this. May the Spirit open up the minds of the listeners to reach in and transform the hearts of rebellious people who are detaching from the authority of the throne. That it will lead them, as a result of it, lead them to a dark pit that has no authority. That's why hell is chaotic. Six o two, two nine two, two nine eight two. Take a look at this diagram. The arrow on the right is showing you that we've got a couple of millennial young people standing there, and you know they would like to reach God. All millennials don't hate God. A lot of millennials have gods of all kinds. A lot of them have Jesus Christ. But they want to bypass all of the governed authorities and have an independent relationship with Jesus without considering the structure of established and delegated authority on earth. So they talk to you as if they talked to God about this and God said no. Really? I would have watched pastor, what he say? Oh, God told me this. There is two levels to the millennial Christian function of authority today. Me and my interpretation of God. I tell God what he means by what he says. No, they need to be moved over to the structure established on earth. So, children, submit to Christ in your parents. Well, my parents are unsaved and wicked and deceitful and vain and arrogant, and they abuse me. Mm. Are they authority figures? See, that's where I go. People always use abuse. Everyone's being abused. Watch Mene, you knew that, didn't you? You see, it's not about abuse, it's not about how many times we've had to turn the other cheek. It's whether we honored established authority. Why do you think he said, if they slap you on the right cheek, turn to them the left as well? If they sue you, let them have your coat too. If they force you to go a mile, you go two miles with them. What reaches the hearts of a rebellious people is someone who can be beaten, speaking the truth. Not someone who's good at fighting with picket signs. So children submit to their, to Christ through their parents, ideally. Wives submit to Christ in their husbands. Husbands submit to Christ in their spiritual leaders. Church leaders submit to Christ's leadership. God the Spirit submits to God in Christ. God the Son submits to God directly. God the Father submits to His throne. You see, His throne, every every jewel, every letter of the law that is made up 
in that throne is what God is obligated to represent. And he'll use his power to do it. This is simple, second grader stuff. But I know, Lord, that there's going to be many that are going to look at this and say, you have got to be kidding me. He thinks we're going to buy into that when I have a rebellious husband. He thinks we're going to buy into that when I have a liberal pastor. Make up your excuses. Dishonor the man, but don't dishonor the authority. You'll be in good shape. If you need to dishonor something. Here's our identity matter statement for today. What sets us completely free from Satan is seeing the divine holiness of submitting to all governed authority, which is submission to the kingdom of God and his throne. Remembering all authority exists because of and is under the eternal God. For this reason, we have learned to submit to God's authority directly or indirectly. When I'm honoring a governed leader that I don't agree with, but I'm showing great honor and respect, it is noted in heaven. Paul says it builds up eternal weight of glory. It doesn't matter what happens between you and your leader. It matters what is stored up in heaven. And the primary meter that God has put on this earth is people's attitudes toward authority. Thank you, Watchman Nee. Well done, faithful servant, for making that clear to a generation that is still being preached today. Remembering all authority exists because of and is under the eternal God. For this reason, we have learned to submit to God's authority directly or indirectly. No one can steal the throne of God or his glory. Satan tempted the Lord with all the kingdoms of the earth, if you remember. But the Lord said all kingdoms belong to the Father. We're talking about the Son of God, who is God who has the power to destroy this entire globe, and he's going to. And he says this to the dark snake. You would think Satan was bright enough to read this a little bit. But he always counts on one thing, temptation. He thought if he tempted Jesus to have control over kingdoms that were given to him. It revealed his deception, see? This Hitler of his of his day was revealing his deception. He thought these kingdoms were his. Millennial. And Jesus had to put him in his place and say, they're not even mine. They're my father's. This was Jesus' protective shield against Satan. Authority. His Abba. His father. Remember in the Greek and Hebrew, authority and Abba, I mean, uh, father and Abba are two distinct different roles. Abba is intimacy. Father is authority. Jesus never forgot either one of those. 
This will set you free if you listen. All forms of authority, wicked, kind, generous, or righteous, ultimately belong to the King of Kings. When we preach the gospel and people convert, we are bringing them under the authority of God, not in their self-made, educated interpretations of what God means by what God says. If we become deceived into thinking that we can establish our own authority, how then can we resist Satan? With his own venue of rebellion? 602-292-2982 I really do enjoy dialoguing with our people that email or text Some of you have very serious questions. Some of you want to know how you can have the indwelling life of Jesus. And that's kind of why I hand out this phone number in my direct email, because I want to dialogue with people no matter what your culture is. Jesus is knocking at your door. been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.